Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Kirsten Hall, author of Second Spear, book two in the McAllis cycle. Writer Max Gladstone wrote about Kirsten's first book, A Labyrinth of Demons, Dead Gods, Cranky Psychopumps, and Broken All-Too-Human Lives. Hall is by turns wry and lush, genuine and venomous. So can I have the next one already? Kirsten, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, Second Spear, how would you describe the novel? Second Spear is a sequel to The Border Keeper, which came out in 2019. Um, and I would say it's sort of a a weird epic fantasy, but in a smaller form. Um, so it's about 300 pages, roughly. It's longer than The Border Keeper, but it's still a shortish novel. Um, and it follows Tin, who is a, a sort of the bodyguard to one of the rulers of the realms of the dead. Um, and she's navigating some, some personal emotional difficulties after the events of the border keeper and, and also some larger sort of political and violent conflicts within the world itself. So it's very much her coming to terms with both herself and trying to make the world a slightly better place. Yeah. That's great. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Second Spear and before that Border Keeper, the, the two books in the McAllis cycle? Um, Second Spear very much emerged out of the Border Keeper. So the Border Keeper was heavily inspired by um, road trips through through southern Namibia. Um, that's where my mom comes from. So that's somewhere I've traveled quite extensively. Um, and I was very um and like taken by the landscapes of of like the deserts and the salt pans um and the ships in the in the um desert uh which which do appear in the border keeper um so that was the the inspiration for the border keeper um and then while i was writing the border keepers tin was one of the secondary characters she's quite pivotal in in ways that i won't spoil um but she was never a protagonist and while I was writing her, I was having a lot of fun. Um, and I think that probably comes across in the pages where she's present. Um, and I just, I wanted to, you know, um, dig into her a bit more. So I, I asked my editor very nicely if I could write another book in the series. And she graciously said yes. So I, I got to play in, in that sandbox a little more. Yeah. <laughs> and are you planning on writing more uh, novels in the series? I would love to. Um, it's up to my publisher. Um, yeah. So Second Spear, it does not end on a cliffhanger, but it ends in such a way that there are definitely conflicts, personal and romantic, that are unresolved. Um, and if I were to write a third, third in the McCullough cycle, uh, those are some that I would like to, uh, dig into some more. That's great. Well, I know you've worked as a first reader for Beneath Ceaseless Skies magazine. As someone reading the slush pile of submitted manuscripts and stories, are there common mistakes that you see writers making in those stories? Uh, yes, but less than you'd think. Um, the thing about the slush pile is that it's it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like Generally, the submissions you receive, or at least that I receive, are of a much higher quality than I think people would assume. So it's not a case of sort of everything is bad and you get one story that you can sort of 
meld into being acceptable. It's more a case of mostly everyone is good and you have to choose which story is the most exceptional um, for publication. So um, so mostly the, the slush reading is actually quite enjoyable for me. Um, in terms of common mistakes, I would say don't don't set a story starting in a tavern if you can help it. <laughs> just, just distinguish yourself from the rest of the pile. Um, and also pay attention to the submission guidelines for a magazine. Uh, Beneath Ceaseless Skies is particularly interested in character-driven fiction. So if you have a strong character focus in your story, you're more likely to sell that piece to us in particular. And I'm curious about your own writing process. Um, do, are you someone who outlines your novels extensively before you um, write the first page? Or do you just kind of dive into the narrative and see where it takes you? I'm someone who should outline <laughs> novels extensively before they start writing them. Well, the fact that I actually do it is a different matter entirely. Um, I, I think that I have been someone who's more inclined to just jump in and sort of like, I'll plan it later. It'll be fine. Increasingly, I'm trying to be more of an outliner. I find that when I do outline, my stories end up taking less time to write and end up being tidier in the end. So that's definitely something that I'm working on. Um, and I think I'm getting better at it. I hope so. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, what writing advice would you offer to those who are working on their own stories or novels? Yeah, I'll, I think that it helps to sort of embrace your own um, idiosyncrasies and uh, your own voice. Um, so for me, that just meant leaning into being as weird as I wanted to be in terms of the content of my work and also being honest and authentic um, and risking, risking being vulnerable in the work that I produce. Um, I think that putting something of yourself into your stories makes them better, or at least it does for me. Sure. And, and I'm curious. I mean, I think that many writers, as they're struggling to find their writing voice, um, uh, or, or I should say they do struggle to find their writing uh, voice. W what was that process like for you of trying to um, write stories that felt authentic to you? Um, well, I have a terrible weakness for cleverness. Like I, I like stories that sort of like surprise me or do like an impressive twist. And that was something I tried to emulate for a long time um, and still do. I'm an absolute sucker for a, like a last minute, like shock gasp horror twist. Um, <laughs> but I think it was more about 
um, coming to realize that it's okay to um, expose something of myself. And that was a realization that was like brought home again quite recently and that I was at Clarion West um, until about a week ago, actually. <laughs> um, and I just found that being in a community of other writers at a similar stage in their careers, it was so reassuring that when I wrote something that I thought was too much or out there or um, too, like, gross or disgusting or, like, what am I, like, terrible, terrible things in my fiction, um, there was still a readership and people sort of still supported and enjoyed what I was producing, which I, I wasn't counting on, um, but which I found quite touching. Well, I know that in the science fiction and fantasy uh, writing communities, the Clarion Writing Workshop experience is um, almost legendary. What was your experience um, of Clarion West that you just came back from? Oh, it was lovely. Uh, I've never had a writing community like that before, um, being quite remote where I am. Um, so it was immensely like reassuring to be amongst people who sort of understood you. You felt like for six weeks, these people get me with the same, we're interested in the same sort of weird, obscure science fiction and fantasy and like have the same hangups and the same nonsense inside us. Um, so to be a part of that and to feel like, okay, if I like, if I trust fall back on these people, they're going to catch me. Um, that was like revelatory to me. I, I found it. Um, yeah, I, I already missed them. <laughs> so it's only been like a week. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it, it made a big difference. It really revealed to me that I can lean into, into what I want to write and into what I feel passionate about. Um, and that people will still see me and accept me for that. And so how many short stories did you end up writing during the workshop? Well, we were supposed to write five, but I wrote six. Um, yeah, um, we wrote we wrote one a week, um, and that also means you had to read all seventeen of the students' work every week. Um, and my class just happened to be a class that wrote really long. Uh, one student <laughs> handed in twenty two thousand words on a submission, and we very nearly killed them. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, you you. You end up reading a lot. Um, I think in the end we wrote just under 500,000 words in total for all of our stories. Um, we hope that that's a record. We're not sure. <laughs> well, what books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Ah, I've mostly been reading my classmates' work. <laughs> um, before that is a bit of a, a haze. I call it. <laughs> um Okay, well, at the moment, I'm reading The Last Unicorn, um, which I'm enjoying. It was a book that was recommended during the workshop for the prose, and I'm really enjoying the prose. It is indeed very pretty. Um, I also have a lot of Martha Wells fantasy books lined up, um, and Lewis McMaster Bujold's. Uh, I bought a lot of books in America. My <laughs> my poor suitcase, like I was, I was over the weight allocation, and like the, the lovely lady at the airport just sort of looked at me and was like, "Okay, carry on." And I was like, "Oh, thank goodness." Um, yeah, so I'm I'm reading that. I'd really like to read Locklands, which is the third um, instalment in the Foundry side. I'm not actually sure if it's called the Foundry side. It is the Foundry side trilogy. Um, yeah, the. Um, by Robert Jackson Bennett, because I'm a huge fan of his work, but I don't have that one yet. So 
maybe for my birthday. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your new novel, Second Spear? I have a website. Um, it's just kirstenhall.com. And there I have a newsletter, which I send out once a month. And they're welcome to subscribe to that. Wonderful. Well, again, we've been speaking with Kirsten Hall, author of Second Spear, book two in the McAllis cycle. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Kirsten, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you for having me. Great. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.